Wow. Hello, friends. It's Tracy Taylor, and I legitimately don't know where to start. Welcome back to Gridlocked. Uh, it's been a while. This is my podcast. I'm a Seattle area traffic reporter on TV, on Cairo 7, the CBS affiliate, and on the radio on 97.3 Cairo FM on your FM dial. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've talked, I guess because of COVID and life and uh, everything else that's kind of 2020 is thrown at us. We've got a lot to t- really to dive into, but first and foremost, I want to thank you guys. Um, you guys have been wonderful. Uh, amidst of all of that has been happening in the world and with COVID, uh, you've reached out and you said, you know, you haven't done a podcast in a while. I'll tell you why. Because one, most of my podcast has to do with traffic. And when you lose traffic, you really lose a lot to talk about. But now that the I would say states and the counties and the cities are starting to wake up. We're moving into several different phases. Um, we're also hearing about some rollbacks, too. Uh, just was it my friend and former colleague Alex Rozier just tweeted out he's in Texas and um, there's a lot going on down there. Cases are just on the rise quickly, fast, and furious. And, you know, if you know anything you, or you've, well, listened to the radio, you know that I'm not doing traffic nearly as much on Cairo FM. Uh, and that's because they have moved me into more of a medical beat. And actually, I've learned so much about COVID and the possible cures and the possible vaccines and treatments and drugs. I'll tell you, I have read more science uh, in the last four months than I have when I was in school. So it's fun to read about this kind of stuff. It's fun to hear about the technologies that scientists and researchers are using. And sure enough, I am kind of a nerd now when it comes to diving in about some of the clinical trials that some of the um, uh, companies are holding, like, for instance, Moderna and AstraZeneca and Pfizer and um, uh, Oxford, or rather University of Oxford, I have really kind of gone through paper after paper, website after website. It's been fun. I will just say that. So let's dive in and talk a little bit about uh, what's going on, shall we? Um, yes, traffic is starting to wake back up. I'm not talking like pre-COVID levels, but we're definitely seeing the rise coming out of Pierce and South King counties. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that Pierce County is into phase two, Um which I'm kind of on the cusp now. If you didn't hear during the pandemic, my husband and I moved <laughs> of all the times to move. Yes, we moved. And we are on the cusp of the King Pierce County line. We moved out a little bit further because we were at first in Covington. So now we're we're out here. <laughs> we're deep, friends. We're deep. We're out near Lake Taps. And I I'll tell you this, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love our house. I love our neighborhood. I love our neighbors. We have some of the best neighbors. Seriously, they're so great. And I love the fact that there are kids around this neighborhood that uh, my kiddo can play with if she wants to, you know, teenage years. You remember those years where you would just hold yourself up in your bedroom and and um, listen to your radio, listen to music, make mixtapes. Well, she's not making mixtapes, but she's making TikToks. 
Never in my life did I ever say, ever think that I would be saying, oh yeah, she's making TikToks. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we moved and now we're on the King uh, Pierce County line. Uh, Yeah, it does add to our commute. You know, what was a 43 minute drive from door to door when we were in Covington has now become a 52 minute drive for myself, especially in the early morning hours that I do travel. So it's really interesting, um, you know, and I am finding different ways and really re-educating myself to the roads down here in South King and and Pierce counties. They have always been my strong suit because I am a Pierce County, South King County, you know, resident for so long. So now it's kind of re-educating myself on some of the back ways and I find a different way to work every single day. So I really, really enjoy being out here. But you know, if you live down here, that traffic is definitely picking up and there is no question about it. Uh, We're seeing heavier traffic coming off of the Valley Freeway early on. I'm not talking like, you know, what we saw before COVID hit in early or late February, early March, where, you know, the drive would really ramp up roughly around Oh, I want to say 4.15 or so. I mean, we're pushing it out a little bit to about 4.45 where we're starting to see everything kind of wake up. And I'm not saying like full on, full steam ahead, but it's definitely getting a little bit busier, especially out part of uh, Algona Pacific, the Stewart Street on-ramp. Um, we're noticing it more so out of Midway. Um, volume out of Tacoma has been interesting. I would say over the last three weeks, since I've returned back to the studio at Cairo 7 uh, from our work from home ordinance, um, it's just been interesting because every day is different. Like for instance, on Mondays, we'll see the commute out of uh, Tacoma into South King County ramp up roughly around 4.30. Wednesday, it starts to kind of warm up around 10 minutes after five. And by Friday, yeah, it's roughly around 5.30, 6 o'clock that we'll start to see things wake up. It's all different. Now, the one thing that remains consistent, at least from my perspective, um, is the drive out of Snohomish County. Now, what we would see pre-COVID levels, the traffic would really pick up roughly around 4, 4.30 or so, especially for those of you that would go out to Boeing, shift change at Boeing. We saw that typical quote unquote Boeing slowing. Uh, guys, we get a little bit of that, but not to the extent that we were back at the end of February, early March. So it's fun to kind of watch the trends and see where we are going. Um, is this our new normal? I talked to NREX, um, I want to say two weeks ago, and they had said, you know, we're starting to see the uptick, but we're not seeing anything level off. Will this be the new normal? They believe it is. They believe that this is a trend that's going to stay with us until the end of the year. I think, I think they're right on this one because um, just where we are when it comes to phases and, you know, returning back to work and where companies are and whatnot. More companies now are having that work from home practice. For instance, at Cairo 7, um, we went to a work from home standpoint for most of our uh, on air staff, our uh, rather reporters were out in the field. They stayed out in the field. They never returned back to the building. As a matter of fact, they don't come back to the building. They, they're just staying out there in the field. Um it's really interesting, you know, where companies are going right now. For instance, Kyle is a City of Seattle employee. He has always been essential. He has never had the work from home ordinance come down for him. He has always been to work, no matter what. 
a matter of fact, he's worked more than I think I have throughout all of this. But nonetheless, where we are with uh, traffic is definitely something that I will be watching very, very closely. Um, when am I returning to traffic on the radio? Well, that's yet to be determined. Um, I know management, uh, we've had conversations about that where I do pop on when things really start to get hectic or we start to see some really ugly lineups. And I miss the guys. Don't get it twisted. I miss John and um, and Tom for sure. Uh, I miss the interaction with them, but I do enjoy working from home. I feel I am more productive when I am working from home uh, than anything. So uh, I just feel like when you're in your own comfort zone and you can put your headphones on, put your head down and just kind of plug away. I think if you follow me on any of my social channels, you know that for certain that I am way more productive uh, when I am in front of my computer and in my own environment. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, I know we're coming into 4th of July as well. We are seeing some hefty wait times when it comes to our ferry terminals. I had a conversation just this week with Bart Treese and Ian Sterling from the Washington State Ferries. If you're on YouTube, um, just search me. It's Tracy Taylor Traffic. I have an interview with with them. Um, I've also put it up on the Cairo 7 website and you can check it out there. Uh, it's really interesting on what their take is, what COVID has done to their fleet, um, what, you know, the aging vessels are doing right now and what their, um, what they have to work with, especially when it comes to our Washington State Ferries. I know there's a lot of complaints online. I've seen it on social media. You guys have really reached out to me too. And you had said, hey, what's the deal with the ferries and why am I sitting here for three hours? I'll explain why. First off, when it comes to COVID, they've had to make some adjustments. Their staff, lack of crew, their aging vessels all need to go in for repair. It seems like more often than not, um, we've had problems with crab pots because now that we're getting into crab fishing season, we're going to run into that, especially first time crabbers. You throw your, you know, you throw your equipment out there and you throw it in the line of a ferry, it gets tangled up and then we have problems. So, you know, it's a really good breakdown from Ian about the ferries. And of course with Bart, um, he really breaks down. And this is what I love about Bart because this guy is all about numbers. He kind of breaks down the numbers um, when it comes to traffic volumes, what they're seeing, how they're um, effectively monitoring the roadways, um, what they're doing with their staff. They've got a lot going on, too. I mean, it's not just you. It's everybody. I think everybody has got to make some uh, adjustments when now that we're slowly, slowly starting to get back uh, into the new norm so to speak. Uh, let's see, what else can we dive into? Um, hmm. I guess I could talk about the 4th of July. That's kind of one of those things where I just don't like to talk about it very often. Um, I don't know if you know me and this is something probably that, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm sure I've, sh I, I know I've shared it on my blog on tracytaylorturner.net. Um, Fourth of July seems to be one of the hardest holidays for me, and I'll explain. I was, as a matter of fact, I was working for a radio station. Uh, we were doing, we were in the midst of doing our Fourth of July, like our radio station was everywhere. We had crews everywhere. We got a phone call asking me to come home. I had a car full of interns with me. Yeah, interns. I was responsible for making sure, I was responsible to get the interns 
to and from where we needed to be um, for the 4th of July celebrations. We like legitimately were everywhere. Uh, we were in Coeur d'Alene. We were in Spokane. We were at Riverfront Park. We were, I mean, we were everywhere. Our street team was insane at the time. Um, but I got a phone call and it said, I need you to come home and I need you to come immediately. Come home immediately. I got home and mind you, I had a car full of interns, a car full of interns. Okay. Uh, I went home since it was on the way to Riverfront Park. I stopped in. And uh, I was told by state patrol that um, they found my father dead. This was on 4th of July. It was really weird, very surreal. I didn't know how to process it at the time, for sure. And you don't want to break down in front. I mean, you're looked up. You know, I mean, the, these interns, these high school students look up to you as a pillar of strength and a pillar of hope and appear. I mean, you don't want to lose it in front of them. So you pull yourself together, you get them to where they need to be, you continue on with your day. And by the end of the day, you lose it. And that's exactly what had happened. It's hard to put into words just how I feel, even to this day, about that. This is the reason why suicide prevention is like top priority for me up there, especially with, um, especially with animals um, and animal welfare. I, I, I put everything behind that. So between losing my best friend, my father, a couple of years later, my uncle, and then another friend from high school. So mind you, in five years, I lost four people to suicide. It's so weird to just kind of wrap your head around. I really don't even know how to explain it. Other than 4th of July is just one of those things where I don't really, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I have a hard time with this holiday. And then you throw in the love of your life. My grandpa. He was everything to me growing up. He passed on the 4th of July as well. It was a month. A month and 10 days. 40 days before my husband and I were to get married. And I remember grandpa saying how much he loved Kyle. He loved Kyle so much. Kyle was him. I saw so much of my grandpa Carl in Kyle. And I have so many amazing memories with my grandpa. So many. So 4th of July for me is one of the harder holidays. I've lost too many family members around the 4th of July. But I have a tremendous support group. I have some of the best people in my life. I have a supportive husband. My best friend who is truly amazing. 
And uh, my circle of friends are pretty amazing too. And I have two jobs that I simply adore. I love what I do every single day on Cairo 7. It is an outlet that, I mean, I have a boss that lets me, he lets me just use my creative freedom when it comes to telling the traffic story. And he believes in me, which is amazing. And he's supportive. And so I'm happy for that. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that every day. I have two bosses at radio who also are extremely supportive. I should say three bosses at um, radio that are extremely supportive. And they give me the creative outlet that I need to also tell the traffic story. So I'm grateful to them. I'm grateful to the people that I work with every single day. Um, they, I, I, I seriously work with some of the best people in the world. I, I can't... Uh, I can't deny that. They are amazing storytellers. Um, They are a supportive group of people. And I'm very, very lucky. I probably totally brought you down on this podcast, so I'm I'm not trying to do that. But I wanted to tell you the reason why. Fourth of July is just really hard for me. It's one of those harder holidays. I just kind of, I really don't even talk about it because it's just so painful. So I just, um, I put my head down, I dive into my work, which you know, if you're following me, (laughs) uh, what I'm doing right now, (laughs) I'm monitoring all my social channels, all of the social channels. Um, I've got three little puppies that I love, 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 a kiddo who is growing up faster than I can even imagine, you know, I mean, I can't even wrap my head around it. The fact that she's a teenager and, uh, it's just great. It's so much fun to watch. And of course, you know, this adventure we call life with my husband. And I'm so eternally grateful for that too. But most of all, I'm extremely grateful for you. Because without you, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're supporting me. And I can't thank you enough for that. Because you're supporting my passion. And you're supporting what I love. And that is to tell the traffic story. So thank you again for being a part of this. Thank you again for listening to me. Um, You can reach out to me on all of our social platforms. You know, we've got a lot to dive into, especially next week. Um, I'm going to give you some bites or some clips of uh, a conversation that I had had with Lisa Van Sice from WashDOT, also with Kara Mitchell from WashDOT about some of the upcoming projects. That's something that we need to really, really pay attention to. Whether or not we're hitting the roads, these are big deals, um, especially when it comes to our roadways, including the West Seattle Bridge, the First Avenue South Bridge, and the water table that's happening down at Berkeley around Joint Base Lewis-McChord. You don't want to miss this conversation with Lisa, Kara, and myself on next week's podcast right here on Gridlocked. Thank you again for being a part of this. Thank you again for supporting me and my love. And I will see you next week on another episode of Gridlocked.